Hello and welcome to a late Friday night edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Um, you know, when it's the winter time and like the holidays, just you know, they just happen. I never really know what day it is. I stumbled. I almost thought tonight was Saturday night. You know, it, like I just, it's just, it's weird. Whenever you just get to the holidays and like the days, just you don't really know what day it is because every day kind of just feels like a weekend. Especially if you're me, you know, you're on winter break. You know, I'll be on winter break for a couple more weeks before I go back. For my last semester, you know, it just – every day just seems like a – like I said, it just seems like a weekend day. But um, with that out of the way, I just thought that would be a little cool to share. Um, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Penguins, of course, had their game last night against the San Jose Sharks, the first game without Jake Gensel, who posted a photo on Twitter today and Facebook um, with a big, big sling around his right – uh, shoulder basically saying you got this penguins uh, go win go win it and uh, it was really uh, awesome to see he looks like he's in great spirits spirits hopefully they can get him back uh, towards the end of the playoffs the penguins are still rolling uh, that remains to be seen but like I said great to see that he's in good spirits he had the surgery and um, I know he's gonna he's definitely gonna come back I think stronger than ever but um, back to the game in hand with the penguins um, of course they had a 3-2 overtime setback against the San Jose Sharks. Um, I don't think it was, it was the Penguins' best game of the season. I don't think it was close to their worst game of the season. I thought they outplayed San Jose for about three quarters of that game. I'd probably say 40 to 45 minutes the Penguins were the better team. But um, one thing I did uh, see, but I think a lot of people saw what the Penguins are doing early on in the game, was that they were giving up way too many odd man rushes. And that's not a thing that the Penguins have been known to do this season. They've been one of the stingiest teams in the league at uh, preventing goals. They're, um, they're, you know, defensively, their um, they're expected goals against average is, I think, top five in the league. Um, they're limiting shots against. But in the San Jose game, it was anything but that in the first period. Um and they had the the sharks had the famous two on they had the two on one that led to the um the two uh, what was it the um it was yeah it was the two one lead um of course the sharks got sharks took the lead one nothing of course it was Tomas Hurdle that was his ninth goal in twelve career games against the Penguins I had no idea he had tormented them that bad so and I even tweeted out during the game after the night so yep uh, Tomas Hurdle new Penguins killer because he has just killed the Penguins throughout his career then the Penguins were able to tie it with uh, Patrick Hornquist. Um, you know, like I said the other day, great to see him back in the lineup producing. Uh, I think he has um, nine goals on the season now. Um, it's great to see him. That's uh, three goals in his last two games for Hornquist. Um, you know, when he's healthy and he's producing like this, um, he's he's a great fit in your top nine. And, you know, he's, he may not be a top six winger anymore considering he's over the age of 30. But if he's on your third line, maybe even your fourth line, it's still really, really good, and, and you, he can produce anywhere. He's he's a great net front presence. He can get he can score goals in the dirty areas, and that's exactly what he did on, on a, those both of those goals. You know, he cut to the he kind of had a little mini breakaway kind of in the first goal, just fired a pass Arundel, and then the uh, second one did what he does best, gets to the net, and um, just puts it back right as the power play actually expired, just put it past Arundel. But uh, going back to the Sharks' second goal, on you know there goes John Marino's. Perfect season, uh, you know. We got to give the kid a little bit of a break. Uh, yeah, that was a bad play. I, you know, Patrick Marlowe was kind of harassing him a bunch. Um, you know, I didn't think it, it obviously it was a bad play to let him get you know harassed by an old man, Patrick Marlowe. But then um, Mar- uh, Marino just let the puck get away from him. Then it was led to a two-on-one. Pedersen couldn't do anything about it. And Couture, just Logan Couture buried it 
um, past Shari for the 2-1 lead before, of course, Hornquist tied it. Um, not the prettiest sequence there for the Penguins, and the Penguins were having a lot of 2-on-1s like that throughout that period. Um, and according to Josh Hilly of The Athletic in his recap article this morning, it actually led to uh, Mike Sullivan um, just, you know, getting in the Penguins' ears a little bit during the first period saying, you know, that's unacceptable. We don't give up that many odd man rushes. We can't be doing that or else, you know, this game could be, get, out, get out of hand a lot quicker. Excuse me for stuttering. Um, but they were able to get out of it 2-1. And then the Penguins, the rest of the um, the, the final 40 minutes, uh, they put a defensive clinic on. The Sharks got some chances, but um, they limited the number of odd man rushes. I think in the first period, there was around 4-5. to five two-on-ones that the Sharks had. Very uncharacteristic, like I said, for the Penguins. But um, I thought overall, I mean, the rest of the game was, I think, like I said, very much in the Penguins' favor in the third period. They had so many chances. I think they had a power play in the third period. Uh, Hornquist almost had a hat trick a couple of times. Arundel was coming up with some big saves. And, you know, you just knew, of course, Arundel had a, what was it, a sub-900 save percentage coming into the game. Of course, he, he gets a game where he stops almost 40 shots um, in a Penguins in a Penguins um, loss. So you know, of course, you know, bad goalie does really good against the Penguins. That's nothing new, considering that has happened to the Penguins so many times. As long as we've all been fans and uh, have followed this team, um, the officiating in this game I thought was garbage. Um, I didn't really like the way Mark Giannette was calling the game. And um, I'm trying to think of the other referee's name, they let a lot of crap go. Uh, the Sharks were kind of hacking and whacking all game. The Penguins also got away with you know a couple of whacks too. And of course my text alert goes off. Please stop texting me. Um, but yeah, I thought both teams you know. But I mean, it looked like Evgeny Malkin was a little miffed throughout the game, considering the Sharks were going a little bit at him and he wasn't getting the calls. Um, and of course, the game, a call that ended up deciding the game, the game of course goes to overtime after no one scored in the third period, was Chris Letang's trip on Logan Couture. Um, you know, I think Logan Couture embellished it a little bit. Uh, he definitely took a little bit of a fall that he really, you know, he didn't really need to embellish that hard, but still, Tanger, love you, buddy. And anyone in the fan base that knows what they're talking about with, about hockey um, should of course, like the player, but you know you can't put yourself in that situation to take that penalty and put your uh, team shorthanded on a four-on-three. There are power plays uh, on teams on a four-on-three in overtime that you can kill off. Well, I mean, not with relative ease because a four-on-three is very, very hard to kill off. But it's not as hard. But you know, when when you, the Sharks, they still have a lot of talent, and despite them being bad, you can throw out Eric Carlson, Brent Birds, Logan Couture. Um, you know, Joe Thorne, Timo Meyer, um, Tomas Hurdle, whatever, whatever four combo you want to put out there. And they put out a, uh, and you know what? That's exactly what they did. And the Penguins, for, to their credit, they killed off about almost basically the first half of it before Brent Burns just walked right in, uh, slap shot. Right when I saw him line that up, I'm like, yep, game over. Sure enough, goes right past Tristan Jari. Uh, absolutely no, no chance, uh, for Jari to stop that puck. Um, absolutely no chance. I don't really think there was, like I said, there was no way. I think even Jari said after the game, he's like, I didn't, I barely even saw it. So that just goes to show that. Um, I thought Jari, though, was fine throughout the game. He had another uh, really good game. He had a lot of really, really big saves when the Penguins were giving up some odd man rushes and they were, when they were getting a little hemmed in their own zone a little bit. Um, he's going to get the start on Sunday against the Panthers while Matt Murray gets a start tomorrow night or tonight, if you're listening to this on Saturday, against the Montreal Canadiens. The Penguins will be in Montreal for that game. And they'll actually be calling up Casey DeSmith for that game as they're just going to leave uh, Tristan Jari 
in um, Pittsburgh. There's really no need to basically have him travel because because the start time on Sunday um, is five o'clock. If I yeah five o'clock against the Panthers. So um, and also Casey DeSmith does not need waivers to go back down um, to Wilkesbury. So that's also um, really really good. But yeah, you know guys, you know you're tied with the Islanders twenty four and eleven and five. You know that you still got a point. Sidney Crosby did return to practice today. Well, kind of. You know, he keeps saying, well, you know, this is the only ice time that they have. Well, I mean, it's common. You know, he's kind of playing maybe a little bit of mind games, but the return is coming. I think maybe, you know, we'll see next week. He kind of hinted that he might be going on the Western trip next week, which will be a very, very daunting trip for the Penguins. Um, Vegas, Colorado, Arizona. Um, We got a couple power, uh, three really, really good teams out there in the West this season. But um, yeah, folks, nothing really fret about. Um, that the Penguins lost this game. Still got a point. You easily could have won this game. Just, you know, don't take a penalty in overtime, Chris Tang. You know, don't put yourself in that situation. You know, I know you can bark to the ref all you want. You can, but you know what? They're still going to make that call uh, 10 out of 10 times in the regular season. Um, obviously, that's not a call that they'll make in the postseason, um, though. All right, so with that out of the way, I don't really think we need to sit here and do like a massive recap video of this game. Um, it doesn't really need um, that recap. Um, like I already talked about earlier, you know, at, uh, like I said, it's great to see Patrick Hornquist playing a good hockey. I really don't understand why there's a lot of Patrick Hornquist haters out there considering that he produces when he's healthy. The biggest thing is he just got to stay healthy. He's got to stop getting injured. The concussions I know are, you know, not really like, you know, you can't really... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like prevent those from happening sometimes, but you know, the other lower body injuries, hopefully he can stay away from upper body injuries and here's to a clean bill of health for him for the rest of the season. I think that would be, you know, very prudent for the Penguins as you know, he's, um, one of their leaders in the locker room. He, he, he's just, he does so much for the team and it's great to see him. Like I said, um, produce. Um, I do want to get to something uh, that I thought was interesting tomorrow night. Um, you know, I am really, really glad that the Penguins, um, I, I've been wanting this to happen for a couple of weeks now, to get Matt Murray more starts. You're finally going to give him a start on the first night of a back-to-back. If you want to give Matt Murray a chance to redeem himself, the best way to do it is on the first night of a back-to-back, and especially against a team like Montreal, who's really, really injured this season. Um, I think Pierre LeBrun tweeted out this morning, I think they're down four top nine forwards right now. Uh, they just actually lost, um, Brendan Gallagher to, a, um, an injury. Um, I gotta look up their, uh, left wing lock, uh, to see their lines uh, to make sure. I think, I think Jonathan Druan is still out of the lineup. So, but yeah, I just pulled up their, um, actually their lineup on daily faceoff. Yeah. You know, it's bad up in Montreal when Nick Cousins is your first line, uh, right winger. That's a big guy. Tomas Tatar though. He's on the left wing. Philip Deneau. Arteri Lettin and Max Domi, Nick Suzuki, Jordan Wheel, uh, Kota Aniemi, I can't even pronounce his name, Ryan Poling. And then there's Dale Weiss and Matthew Pekka um, on the fourth line. But yeah, I mean, at least Shea Weber and Jeff Petrie are healthy this year for them. Victor Meat, Ben Sherratt. Um, the, the, the Canadians, though, did um, make some noise the past couple of days, though, with some with some trades, actually, folks, the other day. Um, they uh, ended up trading Mike Riley to the Ottawa Senators. I think they uh, got a player back for him. I'd have to make uh, check out, remember who it was. And then they also got uh, Marco Scandella from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for a fourth-round pick. So um, they basically swapped Mike Riley for Scandella. And I thought Scandella was having a bad year, but then I checked um, his possession numbers. And even though he's not putting up like the greatest offense 
you know, offensively wise. Um, he's still having a pretty decent year possession wise. His game score is pretty up there. His course he fan experience is up there. Um, it's good that he got out of a Buffalo. It sounds like the Sabres want to make a lot of trades. They also traded for Michael Froelich out of Calgary yesterday, and the Flames kind of got a weak return for him. I think they got the fourth round pick that the Sabres um, got uh, in return for Scandella, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go back and look at that. But yeah, folks, um, the Habs are they're they're very banged up right now. Um, Duran and Gallagher, like I said, are out. Um, they're also um, not they're not in a playoff spot right now. They're, um, they're definitely quite a few points out of the playoff spot. Um, actually, in the Atlantic, the Atlantic has just been so bad this year. But this is definitely a winnable game um, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They should be able to get this win. Um, a top six that only really has Thomas Tatar and Max Domi in it. Um, and for, for the first line wing is Nick Cousins. Um, you know, you should, the Penguins should be able to, even though they're, they're a bit banged up, you know, with obviously some of their top players out, they should be able, I think, to beat this team. I know Carey Price is in that. He's one of the best goaltenders in the league. But um, this is, should be a game that the Penguins, like I said, should win. And, you know, and I, talk, and I talked about it um, just a little bit ago, you know, get Matt Murray this start. This is not a good Canadians team. They're without four of their top nine wingers, you know, the two of their best players in Gallagher and Juan. You know, you struggle against that team, you know, there's there's some issues going on here. But, you know, this this is the game to get to get him in because the team will not really be tired from the game against San Jose. There's not that excuse. They'll be playing a full 60 minutes before um, playing t- only 22 hours later, basically, against the Panthers. That would be not the ult- optimal time to get Matt Murray um, back into a game. So, you know, getting Matt Murray back in here for this game is very prudent for the Penguins. Getting finally having him find his game back is also... Um, very, very prudent um, for the Penguins. So I just, I really wanted to touch on that. Hopefully he can have a good game. Like, you know, that, that would be, you know, very, really, really, really good, I think would be great to say. Um, otherwise, um, what else is there to talk about for the Penguins? There's really not much else going on. Um, of course, you know, play the Panthers on Sunday. It's a 5 o'clock start. You know, I hate that the NHL schedules those games. You now I've been 24 hours apart. Trish and Jari will be in net for the game, as, you know, I've already said. I know I'm probably repeating myself. Um, and then the Penguins, after that, like I said, that's going to be a big road trip coming up after the Panthers game. You know, to Vegas, 10 o'clock start, to Colorado, and then ending up the trip in Arizona before I think also um, a trip to Philadelphia is coming up uh, very shortly as well. Um, also, another thing about the Penguins before we switch gears, um, I thought last night the power play was absolutely outstanding, and there was a power play sequence in um, the game. I think this was in the third period um, of the game. Yeah, it was like uh, midway through the third period. Uh, the Penguins were just getting chance after chance after chance on Aaron Dell, and he was keeping everything out. The puck movement was so crisp. Hornquist was clo- close to his HT. Um, I thought that was, um, I think it was about I think halfway through the third period. You know, I thought it was their best power play of the season. And, you know, like I just said, you know, the thing was they didn't even score on that power play. That that was the thing about it. But, um, you know, you can just see the power plays getting better and better. It's not uh, a bunch of crap like it was even just a couple weeks ago where the Penguins were rarely able to gain the zone. Um, so, yeah, I thought. And then, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention this the other day before we switch gears. Um, there's a couple takes out there, you know, when Jake Gensel got hurt. Oh, well, you know, you know, you, you, I, I bet you could wish uh, Phil Kessel was on the team now at some point. And it's like, all right, guys, I mean, are we really going to die on the hill about Phil Kessel? I mean, yeah, I'm sure his, his what, his two even strength goals this season would be a real difference maker. Um, he's kind of hit the tank a little hard out in Arizona. And, you know, I love Phil Kessel as much as any Penguins fan does. He did a lot of great here. But, you know, he's kind of fallen off a uh, hill a bit this season out in Arizona. His numbers have not all been that good. Jake Gensel has outproduced him in basically every way, even strength, uh, power play. I don't think it really would have been 
um, that big of a help. So I just wanted to say that, you know, don't listen to those kind of takes. It's just kind of um, nuts, in my opinion, to say the least. I thought that was um, pretty dumb to see after I saw on Twitter um, a couple days ago. But and overall, they're going to have to make a trade very soon. I wouldn't be surprised to see one come in a couple weeks. We're going to see um, if Jim Rutherford has a little bit of a feeler out there to see what he wants to go out and get. There's been rumors connecting them to, to Foley, Saad, Kreider, though I don't really think they'll pay a price on Chris Kreider. Considering the Rangers are a division rival, and I think they would want a little more, um, especially from the Penguins, who is one of their most biggest arch rivals. Um, in the league, not just the Metropolitan Division. So, um, uh, I did see something there. It's not purely Penguins related, but we finally got the news about Jim Montgomery. Um, there were a lot of people that were wondering, of course, um, for those who forgot, Jim Montgomery, the former Dallas Stars head coach, was fired out of Dallas for undisclosed reasons. Apparently, it was like a personal thing. We learned today he released a statement that um, he's checked himself into rehab for alcohol abuse. So it sounds like um, he's been a little bit of an alcoholic, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I wish all the best to him. Um, as, you know, knowing, like, one of my neighbors um, actually um, has actually had to go through that, like, I think about a few months ago. So, you know, it's definitely not something that um, is is hard to go through. But I'm wishing, I wish him all the best. I hope he comes out of it stronger. And then that statement that he released I thought was great. Um, I mean, I, and you know, if I saw some takes out there on Twitter, well, you know, like, wow, just firing someone because he has a problem. It's like, no, it's probably not really a, he probably had to done something to get himself fired while he was, um, under the influence or of alcohol or, you know, drunk, dry, I don't know what he did. I'm not going to speculate on what he did, but you know, it's good to see that he's getting checked out and he's getting rehab and hopefully maybe at some point he can, you know, if he gets all the all clear and he's become a better person, he'll maybe he can come back to the league. Um, I wouldn't, you know, all the best to him. You know, like I said, it's a really, really um, big, pro- it's a big problem for a lot of people um, in this country. Um, other than that, I've been trying to think of other things to talk about for this episode. Uh, and I honestly, I really can't think of that much else to talk about. I know tonight I'm around the Metro, um, the, pe- that, the Penguins, I'm about to say the Penguins play. No, they don't play tonight. Of course they play this weekend. Um, the, the Hurricanes and the Capitals had another meeting tonight down in Raleigh. looks like the Capitals just got that win. Four to three in regulation over the Hurricanes. Um, it's always funny to see these two fan bases go at it on Twitter. I think um, Hurricanes fans think that this is a massive rivalry just because they beat the, the Capitals for the first time in a playoff series. And it's fun to see the Capitals just think of them as a bunch of nothing. That yeah, you're not really a rival just because you know you beat us one time in a playoff series. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Penguins Blue Jackets, except well, I mean. The Penguins are just the Blue Jackets' big brother. It's just a big brother, little brother thing. I don't really think this is a big brother, little brother thing. I think it's just Carolina is just trying to, their fans are just trying to start something with a team that, you know, they just beat. And that playoff series was also um, pretty chippy. But, you know, it's just, it, I, I've always had fun seeing their two fan bases um, go at it. I think it's um, really, really funny to see that. Um, what else happened around the league today? Oh, um, this was a big loss, folks, for the Islanders today. Adam Pellick, one of the Islanders' best defensemen. You guys probably don't know um, just how good he is. I think he's a very, very, very underrated defenseman. Um, he was lost for the season. I think he tore, apparently it was Achilles tendon in pregame warm-ups. They, they must have been, I think it was off the ice, Lou Amarillo said, the GM. Apparently it was a freak accident for the Islanders. Um, all the best wishes to him. That's a massive loss for the Islanders. And um, the Islanders have not been playing the best hockey as of late. And they're giving up way more goals than you would expect them to, I think. 
Um, Adam Gretz had a stat the other day. They've been giving up goals, uh, three or more goals in their past four to five straight games or something. I have to go double back, and I can honestly go back and check right now. Um, under schedule. Um, I need to ch- I need to like check this out. Um, well, I mean, they gave only two to the Devils, but still three to the Caps. Um, and they won. They gave up five to the Blackhawks, um, six to the Ducks, eight to the Predators. So, I mean, they're kind of like going back and forth with winning one game, then losing. Winning one game, then losing. They're not on that, you know, that big hot streak that they were um, earlier in the season where they were just on that massive um, point streak. And, okay, it didn't seem to end. But still, all the best wishes to Adam Pellick. Usually he formed that top pairing with Ryan Pollock. But they're going to have to shuffle their defensive pairings now for the rest of the season and into the playoffs, of course, if they make it, which I'm sure they will. They're, they're tied for second place right now. And the Metropolitan Division, of course. But I think that's all for this week or today's episode of Locked on Penguins. We'll have another episode coming on Monday. We'll uh, talk about uh, these weekend's two games, the Saturday and Sunday games, of course, against Montreal and Florida. Um, Hopefully the Penguins can get a potential back-to-back sweep here with the hockey they've been playing. Um, Trying to start a new winning streak before that big, big road trip, folks. Next week, that's one again. That's one of my favorite road trips going out west. You know, to see, go to the uh, play Vegas, you get to play Mark Andre Fleury, go play Colorado with Nathan McKinnon, and then of course I'm going out to play um, Arizona, which is um, awesome. All right, folks. So thank you guys so much for listening to Locked On Penguins, and we will talk to you all soon.